the most valuable real estate brokerages of the next decade, two decades, three decades, are not going to be the ones that seek to replace agents. It's going to be the ones that seek to empower them, in my opinion, through technology and through advances in marketing. Welcome to Mission Critical, a podcast about the big picture, the purpose, and the values that drive today's most game-changing companies, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm your host, Lance Chung, Editor-in-Chief of Bay Street Bull, and I'll be introducing you to a group of brilliant minds who are making an impact on the world and forging the path ahead. While they may all be very different from one another, the question remains the same. What's your mission? I don't know about you, but in the city that I live in, there are three topics of discussion that we as Torontonians love to gripe about. The weather, construction, and real estate. They're the holy trinity of small talk, and today I'm here to discuss the latter, real estate. Like any other industry that has remained largely unchanged in the way it operates and functions, it's an exciting time to talk about real estate right now. Not just because of how hot this or that market is or rising interest rates, but because of the increasing impact that technology and innovation are having on the sector. Real estate agents are, by any measure, entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs love to solve problems. On today's episode, I'm joined by real estate and media entrepreneur Ryan Serhant. Ryan made a mainstream name for himself thanks to his starring role in the Bravo series, Million Dollar Listing New York, and its spinoff, Sell It Like Sirhand. Yet, as one of the world's most successful real estate brokers, Ryan's credentials surpass the bright lights of the Bravo production. He's also the founder of Sirhand, a vertically integrated mega brokerage comprising of an in-house film studio, technology platform, education arm, and marketing division. In his view, the future of real estate goes far beyond just selling a property. It's about utilizing technology, creating media, and solving unique challenges. While he was visiting Toronto, I sat down with a New York City-based realtor and best-selling author to discuss his insights into the world of real estate, his philosophy on money, and of course, how to close a deal. Also, what's a low-rent habit? Listen to find out. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? Um, How have you been? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. I know that you just visited Toronto recently. How was uh, how was that trip for you? It was awesome. One, I love Toronto. Every time I come to Toronto, I get very, very excited. Um, the people of Toronto, the architecture, the space, uh, the love of real estate. It seems like everyone loves real estate in Toronto. Whether they're in the real estate business or not, everyone has something to say about the real estate market. Oh, yes. Um, and definitely Toronto, I mean you know, three things that we love to talk about traffic, weather and real estate. So it's a great place for real estate. There's so much happening as I'm sure you've observed. But you know, before we're going to go into all that, uh, I wanted to talk about your company as well. Your company, Sirhant, I was looking at the website, it's built on your website as quote, a vertically integrated mega brokerage. What does the modern brokerage look like today in terms of all the stuff outside of real estate in contrast to five or 10 years ago? You know, what does it take to not only succeed, but thrive? And whether that's as a production house, as uh, a marketing agency, what's everything around real estate that, that lives in a modern brokerage today? 
Well, first you have to remember that a brokerage is all about the people. So our customer is the real estate agent and the real estate agent isn't going anywhere until a house figures out how to sell itself to another house. Okay. So until that happens, and maybe it will, until that happens, human beings, buyers and sellers need other human beings, real estate agents to help them buy and sell homes. And so the most valuable real estate brokerages of the next decade, two decades, three decades, are not going to be the ones that seek to replace agents. Okay? It's going to be the ones that seek to empower them, in my opinion, through technology and through advances in marketing. One of the first things I did when we set up this firm was I built out a full in-house production studio. Right? We have an in-house film company, actually. Um, it's very large. It's run by uh, an amazing guy. So our agents have access to some of the best content creation tools and platforms ever because we sell through content, right? Every single person is buying real estate or looking at real estate or viewing listings on their phones and on their computers. No one picks up papers and magazines, right? And if they do, they're not doing it to find information. They're doing it because they're passing the time. I want to be where they are all the time, which is in their hand. And you want to be entertaining and you want to be engaging. And we want to sell through content. You know, think about any major brands. Think about Kardashians. Think about Nike, right? Nike was content to commerce from the beginning. It was, let's put our shoes on athletes so that the consumer will watch those shoes on those athletes on TV. That's how we're going to build our business. And that's exactly what worked, right? It was product to, to commerce, product to content to commerce you know, things haven't changed. Now we just have TV in our phone. It's called TikTok, <laughs> you know? And then we also have incredible tech stack and awesome tools for agents to be able to use that help differentiate them from the competition and then some. And then we round it all out with amazing training. We meet new agents through training. We build our referral source through training and we make our current agents even better through consistent, consistent training. If you're not investing back into yourself, then... You can't be upset when you do the same amount of business every single year over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, you know, we spoke about entry, um, but what are some of the most exciting innovations that you're seeing happening in the real estate sector today? You know, we've got artificial intelligence, NFTs, everything that kind of runs the whole spectrum. How is the industry harnessing the potential of technology and entrepreneurship to really usher itself into this new era of um, real estate and business? Well, I look at real estate agents, not just as realtors. I, I, I never use that phrase. Every successful agent is an entrepreneur, right? They're all entrepreneurial salespeople. And they're all part of, technically, the gig economy. Mm -hmm. You know, There's 1.1 billion people in the gig economy right now. Some of them sell real estate. Some of them sell t-shirts, right? Some of them sell themselves. Some of them sell... Uh, the fact that they're a journalist, some of them sell anything. Think about anything that is sold by an individual who's not paid an annual salary. That person is part of the geek economy. That person's an entrepreneur, whether they know it or not. And so I think we seek to empower the entrepreneurial salesperson, right? To do a lot. Like our agents make money in multiple different ways. You can sell real estate. You can rent real estate. You can do speaking. You can do social media endorsements. You can do training. You can be a coach to an agent in Singapore, 
right? Who is just starting and looking how to sell it the same way we do in the United States and here in New York, for example, there's a lot, a lot of facets to what the entrepreneur can do in the real estate business. I think the business as a whole is still trying to understand what to do with new technology, like real estate, because it's so static, like the way you live in your home hasn't really changed ever. Mm -hmm. Like you go there, you eat there, you sleep there, you live there, you sleep there. Now you might work there a little bit more, you know, more and more homes might have home offices built out, but the house is the same. And so the business is typically last to adapt to technological advances in the marketplace. Um, but I think something like entry, and you know, this is why I, I flew up to Toronto to do it, is so lifelike and is such an amazing invention as a metaverse for real estate, but as a one-to-one -one scale of Toronto that agents and developers and home sellers uh, no longer have to wait for people to come to Toronto they can bring Toronto to the people wherever you are. And it's one thing to do it over video. You know, the way we do it, we make property tours, we send video, oh, hey, here's the idea. It's another thing to just roam around Toronto on your own from wherever you are in the world and have it look exactly like it does in real life with nothing left to the imagination because the scale is so perfect. Like that, I think, is a very, very cool and very unique advance in technology in the way it affects real estate. And there's a thousand things that I can think of, but those are, those are the most important at the moment. Yeah. And there's so many lessons that we can also derive from um, some of the biggest leaders in the real estate sector. And a lot of that obviously is so focused on building relationships. What kind of questions do you try to ask your clients in order to understand their kind of like their, their love language or, you know, how do you, what do you ask to better understand what is important for a client and what they value and prioritize? Um, listen, the most important thing to figure out from a client isn't just what they love. A lot of people love the same things you like views. Yeah. You like light. Sure. Like big windows. Yeah. Do you like gorgeous stone and new wood floor? Yeah. A lot of people have the same likes. Not everyone has the same taste. Mm -hmm. What I really try to look for is what are the fears? If you're a seller, if you're a buyer, what, what's your fear? Like, what are you afraid of if this doesn't work out? Cause you're not hiring me to just show off your home like a tour guide. You're not hiring me to show you around the city. You know, if you're looking to just look at apartments for the hell of it, right? I'm, I'm too busy for that. You're hiring me to sell you something, right? Or to sell something for you. So what is your biggest fear if this doesn't happen? Um, and if they have no fear, there's no fear, nothing they're afraid of if it doesn't happen, then that person isn't a real buyer or a seller. Mm -hmm. like everyone has something like, well, rates are really, really rising. And I really want to lock in this, this rate now because I, uh, I can only afford so much per month and I want the most house that I can afford per month. Okay. That's, that's a fear. Let's move. We got to make moves or my wife's pregnant and baby's due in seven months. Okay. We have a little time, but that baby, you know, could come sooner, but it's probably not going to show up in 14 months. These things kind of have a clock to them, whatever that fear might be, figure out what that fear is. And you can, you can do anything. Right. And that way you'll always consistently remind people of what their through line is. Yeah, definitely. What's a fear that motivates you? Honestly, like I, I am afraid of leaving, leaving something on the table. 
Like I'm afraid of wasted potential. It's like my biggest fear that I don't do enough, that I haven't squeezed enough out of the lemon. You know, like life is so short, it's so fleeting. And we saw that during COVID. Like we all know someone who died. Like we all know someone who got really, really sick. Like at any given moment, you get hit by a car, you can get sick, any, you develop cancer, anything could happen. And then, oh shoot, now I'm just trying to survive. Why didn't I do all those things before? So it's how do I live the biggest, greatest, happiest life possible? So every day I wake up, I'm excited. And how do I squeeze the most out of what life I have to live? It's a big fear of mine that I just that I just won't, that there's something I'm not doing, something I'm missing. In your book, you talk about low rent habits. Can you elaborate on you know what you're referring to specifically? It was referring to uh, a, a lot, but there are <laughs> luxury habits, okay, which are, for example, you're really, really tired, but you have the habit that you wake up at 5 a.m. or like me and wake up at 4.30, if I'm tired or if I'm not, because that is a habit that I've created to help dictate my future success. Because I know that if I get going two hours before the average competitor of mine, I have an additional two hours a day to succeed. And to get things done, two hours, right? That's an additional 10 hours a week. That's an additional two days a month, right? That's an additional 20 days a year, days that I have that I'm running ahead of you before you even start. Like that is a luxury habit. A low rent habit, right? Is, for example, snoozing every day. A low rent habit is telling yourself you're going to do something and you don't do it. And the only person you're really hurting is yourself, right? A low rent habit is not pushing yourself, not pushing yourself to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I knew as an entrepreneur, right? Now, if you're a salaried employee, there's only so much you can do unless you pick up some sort of side hustle. But for those that are listening that are salespeople, that are entrepreneurs who, who know the harder you work, the more money you can make. You know, I was spending so much time commuting. I was in the subway all the time. You know, in New York City, losing cell service and coming out and being hot and sweaty because we'd be stuck in subway traffic and terrible. Like that was a low rent habit because I was afraid to spend money to make money and scared yeah. money doesn't make any money. So I took whatever money I had and I invested in a car and a driver that I couldn't afford. I absolutely couldn't afford it. I had no idea I was going to pay that bill the next month. Now I had a human that I was responsible for to drive me around. But my luxury habit was no matter what, I don't play games on my phone. I remove all games from my phone. I don't waste any time. When I'm in that car that I'm somehow going to figure out how to pay for, I am working. And all I have to do is one extra deal a month to pay for this car and driver. And it's going to completely free me up from ever having to think about commuting ever again. And I'll be able to do work at home, work at the car, work in the office, and around, around, around we go. So that's what I kind of mean. It's, it's breaking your low rent habits that are keeping you from getting to where you want to get to. Yeah, definitely. Um, last question. What is your mission and purpose at the end of the day? What's the bigger picture for you to make you happy? Lance, <laughs> my biggest, biggest goal in life. Um, I want to change the face of sales forever. Mm. 
I remember getting into the real estate business early to end of 2008. And it was embarrassing to tell people one, that I was a realtor and then two, that I was a salesperson. So the two things that I did selling real estate was, was embarrassing. And would it have been embarrassing if I was selling hundred million dollar houses at the time? No, but it wasn't. And so for most people who think of selling and or selling real estate as something that they don't feel good about because we've been so accustomed to, well, unless you're a doctor or an attorney or a banker or a this or a that, then anything that you do is, is secondary. I think that's pretty much the opposite. I think being an independent salesperson is probably one of the most freeing careers you can have. And it's something people should definitely train for, should definitely learn for. Imagine not having to listen to anyone but yourself mm. and just leading your own life. And the harder you work, the more money you get. And the harder you work, the lucky you are. Like, why does anyone go to school for a hundred years to go out and have to have a boss? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like the system has been set up to teach us that success comes with handcuffs, right? And I, 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 just, I just disagree. And that's one of my big missions in life. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. And um, hopefully we'll see you back in, in Toronto and Canada soon. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. Real estate agents are entrepreneurs. And today's best entrepreneurs are not only the ones who are able to identify and tackle unique problems, they're also the ones that understand the human element of them. Because understanding how to solve big challenges often requires us to understand each other, our wants, our needs, our fears, and our joys. How can we build a better, brighter, and bolder future without forgetting who we are. Through the lens of real estate, technology, and media, Ryan's work is a masterclass in human connection. He's changing the rules of his industry and proving to others that the recipe to success comes down to empathy, grit, and some out-of-the-box thinking. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get the word out. To keep up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, ask yourself, what's your mission?